So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations. Uh, on this, the 26th of September, it's the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Gilly, and help me to present the programme again today, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks, Shane, for, for sharing the, the programme with me today. Uh, we'd also like to welcome, of course, our listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way today. And our listeners who support us in prayer each week. Thank you so much indeed for staying with us, and we do appreciate the prayers. Our programme uh, does include interviews uh, and, ch- and chats on various faith topics, inspirational music, and reflecting, of course, on the Sunday Gospel. All of our programmes can be heard at come and see inspirations.com, but also um, we can be heard on Spotify, iTunes, and on our Facebook page just by searching Come and See Inspirations on Facebook. You can contact us if you wish by texting us on 087 6088667. That's 087 6088667 or email inspirations at gmail.com. So at this point of the programme, uh, as usual, we'll invite Shane to share some saints for the week. A few interesting ones coming up this week, Shane. Yeah, thanks, John. A uh, couple of ones. So we'll go through and see how they stand. As John said at the top of the program, today is the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, which also happens to be the 26th of September. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week two. So looking at the saints, Monday the 27th of September is the feast day of St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, Vincent de Paul is a French saint. He was an almoner to the Queen of France. He died in 1660. Founded the Congregation of the Mission, which we more colloquially known as the, Vin- the Vincentians. Uh, which, as far as I know, they had All Hallows College in Dublin. And he also founded the Daughters of Charity, and he also founded the Daughters of Charity in 1633. Now, the interesting thing about the Daughters of Charity were they were the first religious sisters to work outside their convents in active service, or apostolic service, as it's called. And the the, sister, the Daughters of Charity, they're, they're the ones you often see, particularly in famous French paintings um, of the time, because they are the ones that had the funny uh, duck-billed uh, headdress. Uh, you know, so you, you, that's how you'd recognize them. Um, now, the interesting thing, of course, is the Society of St. Vincent de Paul actually has nothing to do with St. Vincent de Paul. It's just, um, he's the, he's, it's dedicated to him because of the work that they do. And he's also the patron saint, and because he's the patron saint of charitable works. So that's Vincent de Paul. On the 28th of September, we have the feast day of St. Wenceslas, hymn of the song, or the hymn, or the carol, Good King Wenceslas. He died in 925 AD. He was a very young guy. He was a prince of Bohemia and he was killed by his brother. Um, there was a kind of a conflict in the family and all sorts of things. So that he, was, he, he died, uh, his brother killed him. Uh, he's the patron saint of brewers, which is an interesting one. Um, and again, as well as that on Tuesday, now linking back last week, we had the feast day of uh, Saint Andrew Kim Taegon, who was a Korean saint. This week, we are going to the Japan and to the Saints Lawrence, Ruse and Companions, and they are the Nagasaki Martyrs. They died between 1637 and 1637, 16 martyrs who shed their blood out of love for Christ. And people might remember there was a film recently about the Nagasaki um, um, Martyrs, and it was based on a book, and I think the film is called Silence. Uh, so, and it was the interesting thing about it was the it was a Martin Scorsese film, and it was called Silence. And it's an interesting one because it it shows the kind of the choices or the lack of choices that people had 
in terms of having to apostatize from the faith. It's an interesting one. Uh, it's an interesting film. The book is an interesting one as well. It's based on, um, you know, it's, 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 and it, and it just shows some of the tortures that the martyrs been through. So it's, an interesting enough one, an interesting enough one to read or watch the film. So it's a, it's silenced by it's a, it's a Martin. It starred Liam Neeson and Andrew Garfield as well, and it follows two Portuguese Jesuit missionaries who were sent to Japan in the early 1600s um, to investigate that you know, whether their their Christians had committed apostasy and and the whole nuance of what had happened and the suffering they had gone through. Then on Wednesday the 29th, it's a biggish feast. It's the feast day of the Archangels. So it's the feast day of St. Gabriel, St. Michael, and St. Raphael. Previously, it was just the feast day of St. Michael, so it is known as Michaelmas. It used to be one of the quarter days, so it used to be a day for payment of rents, particularly in Ireland. Um, then with the reform of the council, the, the three archangels were put together. So it's Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel. Gabriel, of course, is the archangel who brought the message to Mary. Raphael was the guide to Tobias and is generally shown uh, with uh, fish because he's also one of those dedicated to healing. And then Michael, of course, which means of the, of the voice of God or the, of the and is venerated as a protector of Christians in general and soldiers in particular. So, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, John. So that's the Archangels on the 29th of September. Um, it's an interesting one. The Catholic Church, we officially recognize three Archangels. Um, but it depends where you go in the world and other denominations and other Christian denominations and other, relig and other religions sometimes have seven, but they're the three that we recognize. So it's Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Um, the, then Thursday, the 30th of September is the feast day of St. Jerome. Of course, we always mention St. Jerome each year in this program, because of course, Jerome is a priest and doctor of the church, but most famously, of course, he translated the Bible into Latin which was known as the Vulgate and wrote commentaries on scripture. And Jerome's translation of scripture was the de facto translation for the Catholic Church pretty much up to the, up to the modern times. He died in 420 AD, and obviously enough, he's the patron saint of librarians. Jerome was a crusty, awkward, cantankerous old geezer. <laughs> and um, despite the fact that he had some very close friends who were women, um, his, his definition of beauty for a woman was a woman that had calluses on her knees from praying. Charming. Very. Charming. Charming. Yes. So then next Friday is the 1st of October. So for those observing the first Friday devotion, it's obviously the first Friday of the month. Uh, 1st of October, of course, is the feast day of St. Teresa of Lisieux, or St. Teresa of the Child Jesus, Virgin and Doctor of the Church. She's one of the first female doctors of the Church. So she was Marie-Francois-Thérèse Martin, and she died at the Carmel in Lisieux on the 30th of September 1897. And she was declared a patron of the church, a doctor of the church, rather, by John Paul II in 1997. She holds a couple of patronages. She's the patron of the missions. She's the patron of florists. She's the patron of avatars, and as in people that fly planes. And she's a patron of France. Now, the missions and florists, very much, of course, what people would associate with her. Therese gave very much for her prayers and her suffering for the propagation of the missions and wanted to go on the mission herself, but obviously couldn't go from Carmel. And obviously the tradition with the florists is, of course, she's associated very much with flowers and roses. And the tradition, of course, that she said in her, in her famous um, biography or autobiography, Story of the Soul, 
that she would do um, she would do more from heaven than on earth, and it's generally symbolized by roses. Um, Pope Francis has a particular devotion to Saint Teresa of Lisieux, and has noted that a number of times that he, when he has sought her intercession, he has received the gift of roses, generally to indicate that his prayer has been heard. So that's just an interesting note, indeed. And then finally, Saturday, the 2nd of October, which obviously is the first Saturday for those observing the, um, the, the, the first Saturday devotions, is the feast day of the guardian angels and seeking, and seeking their constant protection. As, as one of these ones where I always say to people, particularly to grandparents, this is a particular feast day for you to invoke the intercession of the guardian angels for your family and particularly the grandkids. Um, as well as that, then in some countries around the world, it is also a day set aside for praying for those children who have been aborted. Um, so for the missing angels in the world today. So John, that's what we have in terms of Saints of the Week. Shane, thanks a lot indeed for that. Thank you. Okay, so at this part of the program is where we usually um, pray our spirit of communion prayer. And this is especially for those who can't receive Jesus at Mass uh, this morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as being already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now, in part two of the program today, we're going to play a recording that I made early on in the year. It was actually taken from the Lenten mission of the Redemptist in Limerick this year, uh, preached by Father Derek Meskell and Father Lawrence Gallagher. A beautiful reflection entitled Celebrating God's Creation. So we're going to play that in part two. Okay, so now we'll go, we'll go for our first bit of music this morning. As Shane just reminded us there about angels and guardian angels um, coming up this week, thought it might be appropriate maybe to play this uh, very popular piece of music. It's entitled The Voice of an Angel by E. McQueen from Liam Lawton's CD, Another World. So go back and join us again in part two.
Good evening to you. Welcome to Mount St. Alphonsus. It's wonderful to have you with us. You might hear the gentle trickle of water in the background, reminding us of the beauty of God's natural earth and creation within us and around us. Of course, the beautiful singing by Geraldine um, and by Anne reminding us that we are all part of God's creation within us and around us. So you're welcome if you're near, if you're far or on the other side of the world, in a different world to us here in Limerick City. Tonight we celebrate the beauty of God's earth within us and around us. To Jesus, God was creator of life and the living substance, the living stream upon which all things moved, the mind containing time, space, and all their multitudinous offspring. And beyond all these, God was friend and beloved. These are some enlightened words by the 21st century philosopher, theologian and civil rights leader, Howard Thurman, calling each of us always to the source of the origins of everything that is part of creation connects us back to God. All is gift. All of creation is a gift to us from God to steward and to look after. Richard Rohr calls this givenness, the givenness of God. So in prayer, we give thanks to all which is given to us to share, to nurture, and to grow. May I invite us all to gently bow our heads, to close our eyes and open our hearts, and give thanks to God for the beauty of creation around you, and within you. Teilhard de Chardin, that great Jesuit, who was a scientist and a theologian, who had a great capacity to connect evolution and faith, science and religion, his spiritual words. I am a child of earth, a child of God. I grasp the divine 
through the cosmic creation all around me. In his wonderful writing, Tehardi Shardan, The Mass and the Universe, he reminds us that from the grains of the sand to the earth's furthest end, we are all part of the creation of God. And so now let us delve into a line or two of our Jewish ancestors from the book of Leviticus that speak to us and remind us that we are stewards on this passing journey from God to God. The land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine, says the Lord. And you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land to others. We pray in song. Our psalm now is on eagle's wings, and if you have our mission book, it's on page 70. Page 70.
So good evening to you, and I'd like to join with Anne and Geraldine and Father Lawrence and Nancy and the church, who will be taking part in a particular way later on in our service. Welcome you here to Limerick in Ireland. Let's begin by recognizing our closeness to one another and together our closeness to God. We live always in his gift. And so we say, O oh, praise the Lord, all you nations. Acclaim him, all you peoples. Strong is his love for us. He is faithful forever. Here in the city of Limerick, in the middle of the last century, there were at least six cinemas, all within walking distance. People lived in those days in very compact units, too compact for a healthy living. But that was life then. And you had cinemas like the Grand Central and the Savoy and the Tomond and the Tivoli and the Lyric. And I'm sure I'm missing one or two others, the Savoy, I think. But they all had one thing in common, that most of the films they showed were cowboys and Indians. Indians being the American Indians, the Native Americans. And in those days, they were depicted as being the unruly ones, the untamed ones, the savages without values. None of us as youngsters wanted to be on the side of the Indians. They were the enemy. And then the so-called civilized world came and these so-called civil, civilized people, business politicians, they came with their armies and they savaged the land of the native Indians. They took what wasn't theirs to take. They dishonored the sacred cultures of these tribes and chose to ignore their centuries-old store of wisdom and healing and especially, especially their respect for creation. And of course that is still happening today in the Amazon and in some other parts of the world where power and might comes along and tramples on the powerless those who have no means to stop them. We go back to the earlier days. So as children, we cheered the cowboys and we booed the Indians. How wrong we were. How very wrong we were. We were all brainwashed by Hollywood and the films that they produced. One against the other, always the Indians losing. We can still remember some of those tribes, you know, the Comanches and the Sayaks and the Shurioki. And there's a little known tribe as well called the Suquanish. And they had a leader and his name was Seattle. And Seattle was a very, very wise man, a great leader among his people. People turned to him for advice. And he had received a letter 
from the President of the United States in the East Coast, offering money to him and to his people in exchange for land. Plundering, really. And Chief Seattle, being a wise man, knew that if he didn't agree to their terms, they would come anyway and take the land by force. So he wrote a letter to the President of the United States. And in that letter, it reflects a man of infinite wisdom. His words are timeless and they vibrate a passion and love for the land and all God's creation. His words contain a conviction that all things and all beings are connected, that God is the God of all. And we acknowledge that every day at Mass when we say, Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation. And many of the things he refers to in the letter to the President of the United States, many of the things he warns about have come along into our lives to this day. We are all experiencing our lives and across the world the effects of this disruption of values. Let me read part of this letter and I hope I can do justice to it in the reading. And he writes to the President, Every part of this earth is sacred to my people. Every shining pine needle, every sandy shore, every clearing, every humming insect is holy in the memory and experience of my people. We are part of the earth and it is part of us. One thing we know, which the white man may one day discover, our God is the same God. You may think now that you own him as you wish to own our land, but you cannot. He is a God of all and his compassion is equal for the red man and the white man. This earth is precious to him. And to harm the earth, to harm the earth is to heap contempt on its creator. And if you continue in this way, it will contaminate you and you will suffocate in your own waste. So, he concludes, so if we sell you this land, love it as we have loved it, care for it as we have cared for it, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and with all your heart, preserve it for your children, and love it as God loves us. One thing we know, our God is the same God, this earth is precious to him. And again we can say, blessed are you Lord, God of all creation. This world is our home, entrusted to us by our Creator to have and to hold, 
to use and to develop, to respect and to cherish. And in spite of everything, in spite of everything, it is a good world. It is a wonderful world, a world full of wonder. And the signs are all around us. Some of you may remember a famous violinist called Joshua Bell. I believe he came to the concert hall in Dublin some years back. It is one of the top ten in the world. And he took part in an experiment in the United States in the state of Washington, District of Columbia. And the experiment was that he would dress as a busker in ragged clothes. And he would sit in a box outside the underground station. And he would play music. And he put a little tin in front of him so that people would come by perhaps and drop a few coins in as he played. And they monitored a thousand people. And as he played the most fantastic music possible, of the 1,000 people, 990 passed by without a second glance. Nine stopped for a few moments, then they looked at their watches and off they went, caught up in the rush of life. And only one of the thousand, only one, stood in wonder at the music that he or she, I'm not sure which, was listening to. One in a thousand. And that's our problem in today's world. We're caught up in the Russian pace of life. We're sucked in by it. That we don't give ourselves time to wonder, to wonder and to wonder. And one of the benefits of the recent lockdowns that we've had, it has caused people to open their eyes in other directions. People walk more than they ever did before. People discover the wonder of gardening even though it may be just a window box in the house in which you live. And it's lovely to go into the park and to see children with their parents prancing around in the middle of God's creation. And I'm always inspired by those parents perhaps who are single and have a love for their child or children that I will never understand because it is so deep. The wonder of love. I can be inspired by God and enriched when I go into a primary school, which I've always loved going into, but during the times now when missions aren't done because of the conditions we're living in, to see the young children there proudly, excitedly, introducing you to the plants that they had planted earlier in the year and the way they cherished them and looked after them. It's a good world. It has problems, but it's a good world if only we have time to stop and to reflect. And, and, and every Saturday morning here in Limerick, in the city in which we are now, you'll see a group of people with black sacks and picker-uppers and sanitizers going around collecting the rubbish left over, sadly, by people who have spent Friday night 
reveling, binging, whatever. And come Good Friday in the past number of years, people from all nationalities here in this city get their black sacks and their sanitizers and their picker-uppers and they spring clean the city. Young and old, family, single, every nation of the world. And, and that is beautiful to see, causing one to say yet once more, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. And I'm always inspired by those people who give their time voluntarily and freely in the service of life and protecting life. And especially to go into a hospital and to see nurses and doctors and staff and carers and cleaners going in every day at risk to themselves in the service of others. God's creation at his best. And even though at times they are stressed out and worn out because of the carelessness of others who disregard all directions. So this is the world in which we are living. It has its problems? Of course it has. But it is a wonderful world if only we can take time to breathe it, to drink it in, to be a part of it as indeed we all are. So this is our, our world, this is our home in which we live daily, in which we move, in which we have our being. And we say that same prayer in relation to God. In him we move and live and have our being. Each day, each day offers us opportunities to make this world of ours a better place, even in the tiniest of ways. The word, the glance, the action, the reaching out can mean so much. And when you go to bed at night, and before you go to sleep, may you have reason to be able to say from deep within yourself, blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation. Now I'm going to invite Anne and Geraldine to lead us in reflection now in the spirit of St. Francis's Canticle. And after that then Father Lawrence will lead us in prayer and Nancy will lead us in entering the world in which we live seeking God's blessing. Of him I am part, I feel him. 
invite all of us to open our hands open our hands out if you want to rest them on your lap but just as a symbol of opening our minds our bodies our souls we open our hands to God because we can only ever pray when we're open when we close our hands, we close possibility. We close newness. We close the ability of creation to flow. But when we open, we surrender to the beauty that is around us and within us. And so when we do this spiritually, we ask the Lord to guide us to be open in our prayer. I'd like to draw your attention, your eyes, to our sacred space on our altar, the natural plants, and the beautiful gentle trickle of water in the background. We're going to pray together not just the words that I say, but the openness of your heart and your hands and your goodness and your creativeness wherever you are in how you have cherished the beauty of creation. And we'll have a prayer and we'll respond in song and in praise to the God of creation. And as we do, to each prayer as we respond in song Nancy a part of our team will go forward and bless from the natural wellsprings of water the symbols of earth on our sacred space acknowledging the vast creation north and south and east and west we will bless in prayer and in thanksgiving our earth praise to you my lord through our sister mother earth who sustains and guides us may we love and care for our treasured earth as God loves and cares for us. Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation. Let us sing to the Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of creation, Lord 
Laudato Si on the care for our common home, our earth, and the wellsprings of our rivers and seas. Pope Francis thirsts for us, each of us personally and collectively, to cherish our natural treasures. So we pray for all who thirst in practical ways for what we take for granted that flows from our taps. We pray for all who reach out to irrigation programs and well schemes and practical supports for the most vulnerable, inspiring them and empowering them to be self-sufficient in the care of our natural habitat. In prayer, let us sing to the Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of creation, Lord God of creation. Pachamin Terrace, beautiful, lively document written by Pope Paul VI, challenges each of us due to our ill-considered exploitation of Mother Nature. We run the risk of destroying our natural habitat, our home. Inspire us to use our voices, our hands and our hearts protect the blessedness of our Mother Earth as we joyfully sing to the Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of creation, Lord God of creation. And so as we gather, we give thanks to the God who quenches our deepest thirsts. Be praised, my Lord, to whom all of creation has its home. For the natural beauty, may we reach out to those who thirst for justice, who thirst for their natural creation their home that we share as we sing to the Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of creation, Lord God of creation.
And as we come to the end of our evening together, we're to pray this little prayer, the night prayer. If you have those booklets, it's on page 15. We pray it with each other, and we pray it for each other, for each other, especially those who are too weak to read, or hard of hearing, or for whatever reason, or whatever situation they are in their sickness. So as a family, across the whole earth, all of God's creation, let's pray with care for each other. We thank you, Lord, for the day that is ending. We thank you for your love and protection. Forgive us for any wrong we have done this day. Forgive us for being bad-tempered and hard to live with. Forgive us for hurting those we should love. For any word of comfort or praise or thanks which we might have given and did not speak. Forgive us for any help we might have done, might have given to someone in need and did not give. Lord, we pray tonight for all humankind, for all your creation, for the believer and the unbeliever, for those who are trying to find you and for those who are trying to ignore you. Bless those who are lonely and who feel their loneliness worst of all at evening time. Bless those who are old and sick and dying and who will not sleep tonight. Bless all homes and families, and bless those who have no home of their own. Give us all restful sleep and the peace of heart that comes from knowing that our sins are forgiven and that we are always in the hands of our Heavenly Father. Amen. So as we began in joyful thanksgiving of the beauty of creation, and so we conclude giving thanks to God. Thank you very much, Geraldine and I. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. I hope people enjoyed that um, that reflection there by Father Derek and um, Father Lawrence from the Redemptors. Uh, ideal to be maybe to play this time of the year as this is the season 
um, at the season of creation for September and up to the early October. But now we'll go and read, as we normally do, the, the, the Gospel for the week. And before that, we'll ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, and you would may we use to recite the psalm through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So now the Gospel for today, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark. John said to Jesus, Master, we saw a man who is not one of us casting out devils in your name. And because he's not one of us, we tried to stop him. But Jesus said, you must not stop him. No one who works a miracle in my name is likely to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. And if anyone gives you a cup of water to drink, just because you belong to Christ, then I tell you solemnly, he will most certainly not lose his reward. But anyone who is an obstacle to bring down one of these little ones who have faith will be better thrown into the sea with a great millstone round his neck. And if your hand should cause you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than to have two hands and go to hell, into the fire that cannot go out. And if your foot should cause you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye should cause you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worm does not die, nor the fire go out. So that's the gospel uh, this week um, from from Mark, Shane. Um, there's a few little uh, messages there for us. You might want to just share one or two thoughts you might have, please. Yeah, so um, I suppose a couple of things that struck me about it, I suppose it's there's two separate kind of things that are being discussed in this week's gospel. Um, and I suppose one thing we have to remember with Mark's gospel this week, it's Mark's gospel is very much a collection of sayings, so it doesn't necessarily flow, that, you know, don't assume that they flow from one into the next, um, you know, as a, a, comp- a complete story. Um, I suppose the first one, that first little story tells us that we must, you know, about the, the water, um, I suppose it's very much telling us that we must accept good wherever we can find it. Um, and it's not only in our own group. Um, and, you know, we might find it at odd and unexpected places. And I suppose that's a very important thing to remember because we need to be open to what other people's experiences are and what learnings that they can bring or sharings that they can bring to a situation. And it's very much a case um you know, particularly when you're in dialogue with the, with the modern world, with people of little faith and no faith or different faiths, that we don't kind of put up the walls and retreat behind the barricades. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, the spirit of God is, is not at work, not, is at work not only in, you know, in Catholics, um, um, not only in Catholics, not only in Christians, 
but in in uh, and not even in explicit believers of faith. You know, um, it's it's that whole that whole thing that we allow the spirit to blow where it will, and we cannot necessarily confine it. And that's something actually which the Second Vatican Council uh, teaches as well. You know that the Holy Work, the Holy Spirit, is at work even in those who are seeking the kingdom under signs and symbols elsewhere. And you know they can be better people and better Christians than those who sit back and do nothing, because they, you know, those people believe, oh well, we're you know we're Christians. That's that's enough for us. So it's just a it's just a reminder to us more than anything else this week, um, and uh, just to not to be complacent ourselves but also to be aware and conscious of where we might encounter the divine in unexpected places um and it's just something for us to be aware of and conscious of and it's just it's a challenge for us not to shut the door um not easy to do i'll be honest um but just just something for us to be conscious of the second section of course is this whole bit about the dire say- sayings of the scandals that can arise. Um, and I suppose one thing, I suppose what it is, is it's it's the language that's used is quite abrupt. It's quite dramatic. Um, but the ultimately, what is Jesus trying to say to us this week? And I suppose it's reminding us of the trip stones that are out there in life, um, you know, which we over which we can fall for whatever reason. And it's, I suppose, reminding us that not to let those tripstones lead us off down a path different to what we're called to do. Now, at the end of the day, we are all um, we're all Christians. We're we're all we are sinners who are called to be saints. Is the line that's sometimes used, and you know we are called to live up to our baptismal calling in particular. And this week's this week's gospel is very much putting it out there for us and challenging us on that to be aware of the things that can cause us, if you like, to fall off the wagon, to use that particular expression. For us to be conscious of the things that are those trip stones in life that we can fall over. You know, um, I suppose one thing that says is that Jesus sayings here, they can be taken with the most extreme seriousness, but perhaps not literally to the extent of, you know, self-mutilation uh, and just something for us to be conscious of. It's, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting dynamic to be aware. It brings out for us the whole issue of understanding the context of scripture and understanding the context of expressions that are used. Um, you know, and it's also, I suppose, very much being conscious of us being aware of what was used to be awareness to what used to be in the old days of the term, the causes of sin. You know, uh, when you were doing your examination of conscience, you'd be asked, well, what are the causes of sin? So, and just for us to be aware that there are areas in our lives where we'll be called to make sacrifices if we are to follow Christ, and that it offers that sometimes there's a price to be paid for staying on that particular path, which picks up the theme that we discussed a number of weeks ago as well. So, John, it's a short enough gospel this week. The language is a bit jarring, but I would say to people, stick with us in terms of reading and reflecting on it. Any thoughts? Yeah, the word that jumped out at me uh, from today's gospel was the word master. John addressed Jesus as master. For me, the word master suggests someone who's in control, who knows all there is to know. Jesus, as the son of God, is, of course, in control of all creation and who should be honoured and praised for this world he has created and placed us in it. 
This week, maybe we could all reflect on Jesus the Master and what this means for us in our lives. So now we come to the end of our programme for this week. Thanks again, Shane, for sharing your reflections. And we'll finish off our programme by playing a piece of music by Marilla Ness, and this one is entitled Jesus the Healer. So next week, thanks again for joining us. Bye-bye now. Bye. See